You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we want to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kathy. How are you keeping? Very well. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm, I'm pretty good. Pretty much uh, feel rested this week, so it's, uh, it's been productive so far. Excellent. So, um, as I mentioned to you off air, as I just realized, today marks the recording of our 200th show. So, congratulations, my friend. Likewise, my uh, it is. And I think it, it means so much more now just because of the way we've had to go about producing these programs. Um, I know it's, it's, it's such a challenge to begin with, but the, your dedication along with the commitments and, and such from our guests to maintain, um, you know, the schedule and, and it's such a collective effort all around. It is. And we have been blessed with um, wonderful guests who have been adaptable through all this. And of course I couldn't do any of it without you. So it's, it's been a very fun ride and here's to the next 100 shows. So today's show is being taped no opportunity for calling in, unfortunately, but please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all three locations. And do feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. And please do subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any of these fantastic guests that uh, we have had or um, are lining up to to uh, put on the show for you. And you can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find our podcasts on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybsa.com. We have a very interesting show today. We're <clears throat> talking about back pain. And um, there's an epidemic of back pain. And of course, um, we are sitting far more, I think everybody realizes we're sitting far more than we should. Um, But so many interesting pieces that you are going to learn from Dr. Osler um, about, you know, it's not just sitting, it's not having the wrong chair, and it's not remedied by standing up. Uh, It's a fascinating conversation. My eyes were wide open for some of the things that uh, I never really thought about or connected uh, to back pain. Um, So it's, it's a great show and one I think that all of you should listen to because it uh, it will surprise you what he says. Um, so our guest today is Dr. Turner Osler, and he is a retired academic trauma surgeon turned research epidemiologist. He is the CEO and founder of QOR360, a company specializing in active seating products for homes, offices, and schools designed to help alleviate problems caused by sitting. 
Dr. Osler and his team are passionate to help educate a new generation on active sitting and support an aging population with back pain. Dr. Osler has published over 300 peer-reviewed medical papers and book chapters. As a physician who suffered from a tyranny of conventional chairs for most of his life, Dr. Osler's quest for a healthier way to sit led him to develop the Red Rocker, a new geometric solid, the eccentric bicylinder. This shape is central to QOR 360's ergonomic, healthy, and active seating products. Um, active seating is, is, I've never really actually heard of the word, but once uh, we started talking, I, I remember a couple of people, uh, some reception areas where the receptionist had was sitting on a ball. Um, and uh, it, it, that, that, that is really what the root of active seating is. But um, to find out why it's so important, it goes far beyond just back pain. It's quite amazing. Um, some of the learning points that we will be covering are why standing is not the opposite of sitting. You can't alleviate the damage done by sitting a prolonged sitting by standing. And why back pain is only a symptom of possibly other more serious health conditions. And why active seating is so important for back health. So please do stay tuned with us. It's a great, great informative show. And we'll be back in a few minutes to talk to Dr. Osler. Another heartbreak day. Feels like you're miles away. Don't even need no shade. When your sun don't shine, shine Too many passing dreams Roll by like limousines It's hard to keep believing When it pass you by and by So hold on, hold on, the Lord ain't finished. 
Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, our show is being taped today, so no opportunity for calling in. But please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at The Health Hub RMC on all three locations. Dr. Osler, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Kathy, thank you for having me. Um, as I mentioned to you off air, you are my 200th recorded show. So it's, uh, it's already set the stage to be, to be a great one. Um, so from trauma surgeon to chair designer, how did that uh, evolution happen? Re- yeah, no, really. It's not at all what I, uh, what I foresaw. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, so I was, I was your basic mild-mannered trauma surgeon, you know, taking care of car wrecks and gunshot wounds in the middle of the night sort of things and just your basic um, average man well you know it's it's uh the hard thing about surgery is getting to do it but um trauma surgery is like just so easy because you just you know you just are at the hospital and cases keep showing up you know people who really need an operation and there's none of this talking people into an operation you know it's it's uh you know you have a gunshot wound to the abdomen my name is dr osler i'm taking you to the or any questions kind of a kind of a quick thing so you know, I, I got to do a lot of surgery and big surgery and surgery that, that really mattered. Um, and, um, it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a wild ride, but you have to live at the hospital. And I, I did that for 25 years, actually. And then, um, and then I got a grant from the NIH and a master's in biostatistics. And I started studying outcomes for trauma surgery and trauma surgeons and trauma centers, trying to figure out which were doing better and which were doing less well. And if the, if the laggards could learn from the elites and, and try and make the trauma system in the United States better. And so suddenly I was like, you know, writing computer code and, and doing statistical modeling. And so I was sitting most of the day, which was not at all what the life of a trauma surgeon was, which was basically always, you know, running from the OR to the ER to the clinic to the ICU and back to the OR. And, but when I sat down, I suddenly started having back pain. And I thought, well, how hard can this be? You know, I've, I've been to medical school. I, I know I, I know anatomy upside down. But it turns out we don't understand back pain very well. And so it took a while. And finally, I, you know, I figured out that uh, the real source of our, of our misery was that we were all sitting a lot, which is not something that humans are designed to do. And worse than that, we were sitting in chairs that were really not designed to be sat in. They were designed to be looked at, basically. And, and the design hadn't changed in almost 100 years. 
and they were working out terribly for us. So it turns out that 80% of Americans have back pain bad enough to send them to a physician at some point in their lives. So we've done very badly with back pain. And as, as I started looking, I thought, you know, this is a problem that really needs a solution. And I couldn't find that anybody had, had really made a serious run at it. So I thought, well, okay, fine, I'll do it. Uh, how hard can it be? Um, well, it was, that was a stupid thing to say because it turns out it's very hard. That's <laughs> a new way for people to sit. And, uh, and, you know, we figured that out. And then we figured out a way to manufacture such, such things. Small group of really committed people here in Burlington, Vermont. You know, it was a, I met, um, I got no business trying to invent or design anything because, you know, I'm a trauma surgeon for crying out loud. I didn't get out much for 25 or 30 years. But I was lucky enough to meet some guys with real design chops at the, the makerspace here in Burlington, Vermont, called um, The Generator. And they could see that I had a good idea and that I was more or less hopeless. And so they said, oh, doctor, let us help you. And I said, no, no, you don't, you don't get it. You know, we're, we're in this to make these things so cheap, everybody can have them. And they said, us too. And so, you know, it was, so our share project was born trying to change the way people sit. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's been a very interesting ride for the last four or five years. And, you know, we're finally getting traction and having some success. So it's, it's uh, and I get to hang out with young people who are smart and driven. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. Excellent. Um, I guess it sort of, there are two questions that just jump into my mind. You know, I sit at home at a chair that's supposed to be ergonomically uh, fit for me and the lumbar and the shoulders back and my arms sat out and uh, I thought I was doing a good job. My husband spent the summer back and forth to um, a chiropractor physiotherapist uh, because he hurt his back. Uh, what are we doing wrong? Are the chairs not designed for the, 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 the curve and function of our spine? I mean, they, they right. feel comfortable. So, yeah, so it's, so it's personal for you all, and really it's personal for 80% of America. And, and the deal is really quite simple. You know, humans are designed to be hunter-gatherers. You know, we're supposed to be out there you know, chasing rabbits and running from jackals. And when people sit down, for eight or nine or 10 hours a day on average in the United States. How is that even possible? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, the car going to work, PC at work, PC at home, watching television, it's bedtime. So people spend an immense amount of time sitting and we're not designed for that. We're supposed to be you know, either chasing rabbits or lying down. Um, or if you study hunter-gatherers like the Hadza of Tanzania as, as some really forward-thinking people have done, they don't have, they don't sit, they don't even have chairs, they, they squat, which is a rather different position. We Westerners sit in these chairs that encourage us just to slump, and as we slump, two terrible things are happening. One is our core musculature is getting zero use, and so it's atrophying, it's, it's melting away. Um, as Hippocrates observed, that which is used develops, and that which is not used wastes away. We've known that for a long time. And in the OR, if you open up somebody's belly to do something, you know, you see just this filmy muscle that's supposed to be like the internal oblique or the external oblique. It's just melted away because people aren't using it because they're just sitting like, a, like, a, like rice pudding in front of a computer with no muscular activity at all. Perhaps worse, 
the posture that you're designed for is with you know, your lumbar lordosis, the inward curve of your low back, your head balanced over the top of your spine, elegant standing posture. When people slouch in a chair, all that evaporates, and they're just a lump of, of really inert muscle. And it turns out that um, you have an internal architecture. You have internal ergonomics. Your bony structure organizes the rest of you perfectly when you stand up. Um, but as soon as you sit down in a chair, all that evaporates. And the chair designers, and this is back in the 50s, said, well, look at this. This is terrible. Let's give them a backrest and kind of prop them up. Uh, that doesn't look so great. Let's give them an armrest. Maybe that'll help. Or how about a headrest? Let's give them a footrest. Oh, boy, look at that. Now it's really a wreck. Okay, fine. Let's mash a lumbar support into their lumbar spine and see if we can't get something that looks a little more normal. Well, all of this is just making things worse, right? Because you're designed to be moving moment to moment with kind of elegantly balancing your bones one on top of another using spinal reflexes that you developed over, over years as a child as you were learning to crawl, toddle, and then walk. You, know, you have all the reflexes to balance elegantly um, when standing. But when you put people in a chair, it all goes away. They just slump. And, and what results is muscular atrophy and really sitting in a profoundly abnormal bony conformation which you can get away with for years. But finally, even the human spine, even though it is a brilliant design, cannot take it anymore. And people show up with, you know, really often debilitating back pain. And then the terrible spiral begins that somebody gives them uh, narcotics for pain, and maybe they fall into the black hole of addiction. And now what was really just a problem has become a catastrophe, maybe leading to drug addiction or suicide or worse. So, you know, the, the, the back pain problem in America is a $100 billion problem. It's right, it's right up there with cancer and heart disease for the cost to the American economy. Um, so, um, and, it's, and it all stems from these very badly designed chairs that we have that people slump in all day long. So two things pop into my mind. Number one, um, are, are, are our chairs too comfy and we don't want to get out of them. And two, is this just a Western world phenomena? No, great question. Um, so um, as I was you know, trying to figure out all this stuff, I started going to ergonomic, academic ergonomics conferences where ergonomists, you know, read their research papers to each other and, you know, have debates and so on and so forth. And it was an eye-opener for me because I have a master's in biostatistics and I, I do research design and I review articles for surgical journals. I, I, I know this math stuff pretty well. And the ergonomics literature is just a catastrophe. They, they don't really use modern statistical methods. That was one problem. But I, I was showing our chair to some people when I was uh, at this conference, and a, a guy walks by who's like really good looking and he's got a little stubble and a scarf around his neck. You know, he's got groupies kind of swept along behind him. Um, and it turns out that he's a god in the world of office furniture design. Um, and uh, so, you know, he sees the chair that I'm pitching. And, um, and so he sits down in it and he's like completely taken aback because he's never seen anything that moves under him while he's sitting on it. That's not what office chair designers do. And he was just puzzled. And then his wife came by and she sat down and she said, Oh, Francisco, this is terrific. 
And so, you know, we, we had a very spirited debate because, you know, he's in the world of chair design. He was on the team that developed the Herman Miller Aeron chair mm-hmm. uh, in 1994, over 8 million of them sold. I mean, it's, I mean, he's like, he's like a god in the world of chair design. I'm like some nobody emeritus professor from the University of Vermont with an egghead idea. And I'm talking about anthropology and physiology and, and you know, muscle dynamics and electrophysiology. And, and you know, so we had a, an interesting conversation because he comes from a different world of chair design, iPop and uh, that kind of thing. So anyway, we, we parted. And um, um, when I got back to uh, Vermont, I got an email from the guy. And he said, I feel terrible. I spent my life trying to make sure it's so comfortable no one would want to get up. Mm. And now you tell me that sitting all day is a catastrophe for their posture, back pain, and biochemistry. But what do you want me to do? We've spent decades convincing people they can't sit without lumbar support. And now you want me to tell them that they don't need lumbar support? So... It was a very interesting conversation because these guys have a legacy problem. You know, they've sold an idea that turns out not to be right. And, the, and, and it's going to be very, very hard. to cha- We want to change the idea of what a chair is. And that's not going to be easy because everybody thinks they know what a chair is. You know, it's got a backrest, a headrest, armrest, footrest, lumbar support. Mm-hmm. That's just not true. But it's going to be very hard to get that message out. So um, to the second part of the question, is this just a North American issue or is this pervasive in all the Western and Eastern it's, worlds? It's pervasive in the Western world. And now that people in you know South Korea and Japan and Taiwan and all these places that used to sit in more traditional ways have come to adopt our Western sitting uh, habits, they're developing the same uh, back pain issues that we have in the Western world. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a catastrophe that, that just continues to grow. Um, our chairs let people move while they're, while they're sitting. Um, and so um, they're balanced on their ischial tuberosities, their sitting bones, which turns out to be kind of the balance, kind of the kickstand for the human body. And if you're balanced on your ischial tuberosities, basically your spinal mechanics and your spinal reflexes work the same way as though you were walking. So our chairs kind of let people um, walk without the bother of trying to figure out where they're going because they can stay in one place at their desk um, and still have their spine and their hips involved in something that looks a lot like walking. In fact, um, there's a, here's a, this is off point, but you can find a piece of video on YouTube very easily of a guy walking who has no legs. Mm-hmm. You know, he was born congenitally with no femurs, and so he just doesn't have any legs. Um, and so what he does is he just strides along quite comfortably on his ischial tuberosities, on his sitting bones. You know, his strides are quite short, just a few inches, but he gets around fine. And by watching this piece of video, it suddenly becomes clear that walking has nothing to do with your legs. Your legs are just an amplification system that lets you take longer steps. But walking is fundamentally something that happens in the pelvis and the spine. Your legs just let you take longer steps. 
And so by balancing people in their ischial tuberosities and letting them have free range of motion, they can walk effectively with their spinal activity and their, and their pelvic movement, but without actually having to go anywhere. And as a result, a lot of uh, really important things happen. First of all, their posture uh, within minutes becomes almost perfect. And secondly, because they're moving constantly, they're using their muscle mass to, um, well, burn calories, certainly. But more importantly, your, your muscles aren't just motor units that move your bones. You know, they're immensely complicated biochemical factories that are generating hormones and enzymes and really regulating your milieu interior. So when you just sit slumped for eight hours with all your muscles gone electrochemically dark, no muscle fibers are firing, um, your bad cholesterol goes up, your good cholesterol goes down, your insulin goes up, really your whole biochemical picture falls apart because you're designed to be using your muscles more or less constantly because you're a hunter-gatherer. That's what you're supposed to be doing. When you turn off all your muscular activity for eight or 10 hours a day, your biochemistry goes to hell. And epidemiologists have found in big studies that um, sitting passively for eight hours a day may shave as much as two years off of people's lifespan on average. Now, that's an immense, immense loss of life. Yes, and it it's is. Hiding, it's hiding in plain sight because people see an office chair and they don't see it because it's just part of the environment. Mm-hmm. It's like a fish doesn't see water. You expect an office chair to look like this. Your office chair looks like that. We're done here, right? Well, actually, that chair is killing you. It's a fascinating thing. You know, so many times I, I find in talking to guests like yourselves that we only scratch this again. Back pain is, as you know, as I try and do in other areas of health, but I keep getting guests on, on the show like you that make me go, oh, I never even thought of that. Back pain is a symptom of something that's going on that's more than, than just, you know, tweaks in the muscle. And, and I think it's so important that people have an understanding. And let's face it now with, I mean, I don't know how, how it's going where you are, but we are confined to our homes, basically. And um, this epidemic of back pain, I just can't see anything except it going up. So I think it's, it's, profoundly important that you get the word out about this. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to start off with the question. So I'll prepare you now. Um, Is standing the opposite of sitting? So uh, it may surprise you. So we'll be back in a few minutes, everybody.
You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Dr. Turner Osler, and we're talking about posture and seating, and we're definitely going to get into um, what makes his chair different. But um, a lot of people, myself included, until I started doing some research on you, uh, was under the impression that um, to alleviate the issue of sitting, I just stand up. And that's actually not the case, is it? Well, yeah, no. Um, when I make the case that sitting is bad for people, I often get, well, you know, I have a standing desk, so I'm fine. And it turns out that's just not so. Um, the, the idea that standing is the opposite of sitting just isn't right. You know, standing may be the linguistic opposite of sitting, but the, the actual opposite of sitting is moving. And if you look at people at a standing desk, pretty much they're not like standing there doing Tai Chi, you know, they, 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 they put a hip forward, they lock it in, they lean on something, and they're just all locked out. Standing still turns out to be a catastrophe, just like sitting slumped is a catastrophe. If you, uh, it's a stress posture. If you want, you know, terrorists to give you the, 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 the code for the bomb or, you know, just, just make them stand long enough, they'll tell you because it's very uncomfortable. I, I've spent many hours standing around on rounds in the ICU and on the wards of the surgery department. And, you know, you can stand for a while, but pretty soon you're standing on one foot and you're standing on the other foot and you've got one foot against the wall and you're leaning against the wall, just trying to get away from the, the business of standing still because it's quite uncomfortable. You know, you're designed to be moving, not standing still. So standing at a desk really doesn't solve that problem. But so work, we've, sorry, go ahead. But worse, uh, there was a great study that came out of, um, Canada, University of Ontario, Smith et al., uh, 2019, where they followed 7,500 people for 10 years, a big study in terms of epidemiologic efforts. Uh, and they have half of them standing and half of them sitting at their tasks. Um, and what they found was in the group that was standing, the rate of heart attacks was twice as high than, as in the sitting group. Oh, which just flabbergasted everybody because it was not at all the result that was anticipated. And you can just read the discussion section of their paper as they're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And it's not completely clear how the physiology works, 
But we know that when you're walking, blood gets back to the heart by having the muscles squeeze the deep veins, veins of the leg. The deep veins of the leg have valves in them, so you squeeze them and it kind of works like a pump, kind of works like the heart. And so when you're walking, your, <clears throat> your muscular activity in your legs is pumping blood back to your central circulation. When you sit, the blood just pools in your legs and the veins progressively dilate. Um, but it's even worse when you're standing because you, you have your right atrium now with you know five feet of pressure head pushing on the rather delicate veins in your legs. And so they get stretched and stretched and stretched until finally the valves that uh, uh, are in the veins of the legs become incompetent. They get stretched until the, the lips of the valves no longer touch each other. And now you get varicose veins. But as you're standing there, the blood just isn't moving very well. And we know that blood isn't a fluid, it's an organ. So, you know, it's constantly uh, almost clotting and unclotting as, you know, it's just right on the edge all the time. In case you start bleeding, it needs to be ready to start clotting. When the blood pools in your legs for many hours while you're standing, the blood becomes subclinically hypercoagulable. And it's kind of a setup for any rough spots in your coronary arteries uh, going on to, to, to become an MI, a heart attack, by cutting off the blood supply with a small clot. So the business of standing still is really um, kind of worse than you might think. It's, it's bad for your posture. It doesn't really help your back pain situation. And it actually puts you at much higher risk for a myocardial event. So the whole standing desk craze, I think, is just going to go away, and it can't go away soon enough. Well, um, again, something new I've learned. So we have blown um, ergonomical chairs out of the water, and we have now blown stand-up desk chairs out of the water, and um, business owners are not going to be happy. Your chairs are called active chairs. And um, I want everyone to have a listen into exactly what active chairs are. And I think we skimmed mm -hmm. over the idea of firing of those core muscles. I, I, you know, you mentioned it, but I think um, this needs to be sort of said again. Uh, I have a personal relationship with a man who has had back pain and his uh, physio has said to him, you have no core muscles. So let's, let's get on that um, avenue and people can understand exactly why your chairs are doing what they're doing so well. Right. So um, if walking is what you really want, you know, continuous, subtle muscular activity to, to create a better biochemical environment inside your body for a host of reasons and strengthen the muscles of your body simultaneously. So, it's kind of getting back to the hunter-gatherer lifestyle without actually having to leave the convenience of your walk-up apartment, merely by letting you move subtly but constantly. And people who um, get our chairs, you know, we tell them, you know, 20 or 30 minutes the first day and kind of work up to sitting in it all day because it's more work than it feels like. You know, it just feels kind of like fun. You're sort of balancing and wiggling a little bit. But really, your core muscles are having to rebalance <laughs> your entire system really millisecond to millisecond to keep you upright. Nobody's ever fallen asleep on one of our chairs because <laughs> of, it's kind of tough love. You'll find yourself on the floor. Um, so, um, and it's basically impossible to slump or hunch because you, you have to stay balanced. It's some muscular work, but um, people make the transition almost always within a week or two, certainly no more than that. And uh, at the end of it, you know, now they're, uh, getting exercise merely by sitting down. 
Um, the hard thing about good habits, you know, oh, I'm going to take the stairs or oh, I'm going to go running every day. Well, you have to make the everyday decision 365 times a year, which is hard. You know, it's raining or, you know, but if you just swap out your, your comfy slouching uh, kind of dead, dead, at the, dead at the desk sort of chair, for a chair that requires you to stay balanced and active, um, you only have to make that decision once, and, um, and the habit will, is already there for you. I remember there was, uh, again, uh, to, not to harken back to a, an issue with my husband, they tried to get these balls to sit on at their office. He said he nearly killed himself. And I did see um, a few people. I remember going to my dentist office, and, and the secretary was sitting on one, and she nearly lost it as well. Um, <laughs> So they're, they're different than a ball and they're probably a lot more stable. I've, well, they are. I've seen it. It's, it's kind of like, a, you know, you have one sort of example as a tennis ball sort of um, on a piece of plywood and it just kind of moves back and forth. It kind of, you know, what, what you're aiming to do with the chairs reminds me um, when I broke my leg and the biggest issue I had was my foot. And I had to stand on one of those half balancing balls and to get the, the small muscles of my foot back in order. And the leg pain was gone and all that, but the small muscles in my foot and my arch were aching just from trying to get those, you know, those small muscles firing. And I, I imagine that for a lot of people, they're going to feel a little bit of musculature um, fatigue. Uh, right. No, it's, 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 as I, we tell people, you know, it's more work than you think, you know, try for half a half an hour the first day and see how you feel the next day, because really it's like that half physio ball for your foot only for your entire body. Because when you're sitting on one of our active chairs, if you move anything, everything moves. So your feet are on the floor, but if, if you move your hips, well, your ankles had to move to keep everything connected. So really all of your joints are moving subtly constantly. This is important because, um, the cartilage of, of joints has no blood supply. So the living cells of the cartilage that lines every joint keeps it slippery and perfect, uh, derive their, um, their metabolic needs, glucose and oxygen, from the synovial fluid that's sloshing around in the joint. And um, that only works if the synovial fluid is sloshing around, which is to say if the joint is moving. So, but you, you have to keep a joint moving to keep it healthy. You know that if you put a joint in a cast for a very long, for, for very long, you know, very rapidly, the joint becomes stiff and problematic. So the business of keeping joints in motion constantly is another terrific thing. I should say, you know, we're not the only company that uh, has figured out that active sitting is a good idea. There are maybe three or four other companies, uh, mostly out of Europe, actually, um, one out of Canada, um, Chair out of Canada and uh, the Swapper out of Germany and um, Spinalis uh, out of uh, Germany as well, but uh, but we think we think uh, our chair is like better because you know we began with kind of a, a epidemiologist mission to make a chair that was drop dead effective and as inexpensive as we could possibly muster, and so you know that was our goal was to to bring active sitting to the masses. And imagine our surprise when we won a design award from uh, a design contest, big contest in Europe, uh, um, because um, you know they were they were impressed that we had solved such a difficult problem, you know, elegantly and inexpensively. Why do I see this to be a great thing for kids in schools and you know sitting at desks? 
Um, and again, I think of our classrooms now where the kids aren't allowed to move. But, you know, just for kids even who are a little bit more active than the average kid, just, you know. Right, and, and are therefore ostracized and blamed. Yeah. And, and the downward spiral begins merely because they're normal. You know? And they and, have energy. In any reasonable hunter-gatherer society, the active kid that brings back an extra rabbit is, is uh, lionized and they sing about his exploits around the campfire. Whereas in the United States, if a kid is a little squirmy, he gets sent to the principal. It's terrible. So, um, and, and I've had parents say we have like the kneecap exam, like a high stakes testing for kids in grade school and high school here in, in Burlington, in Vermont. And um, I had a mother come up to me and, you know, she was looking at our, at our active chair for kids. And she said, I wish my kid had had this when he was taking the kneecaps. I know he would have done better. You know, she knows her kid can't sit still and mm-hmm in bubbles on a test, but if they just gave him a chair that would let him move, he would have done better. Now, it's just one parent's intuition, but I really respect and trust that kind of, and she knows her kid. So anyway, we, we, we set out to, you know, kind of get active chairs under kids, but the schools can't afford glitter for their art projects, so how are they going to replace every piece of furniture? So, so we came up with a design that we give away, you know, with the idea that uh, you can download the file, you can make this thing out of plywood with a CNC router, and you know, and just like you know, uh, put every kid on an active chair. We 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 started out using tennis balls as the mechanism to make the chair wiggly, but we, we put these things in a few classrooms in Burlington, Vermont, and the kids just wore holes in the tennis balls. And I didn't think that was possible. So we've since switched to lacrosse balls. They can't seem to wear those out. What it proves is kids really move a lot. It really you does. Get, I mean, you give them a chance. And, you know, uh, not to, boys are a little bit more active. Um, right. And, and, and to get them to be able to call um, children that, that may be on uh, autistic spectrum, you know, just to get them able to move without feeling like they're moving and nobody else is. Because, honestly, the kids would always be moving in, in general. So I think it's a great idea. And, you, and, I, and I'm assuming that this uh, drawing, the, the, the design you're sending out, is, is, you know, you plug it into a computer and it's just there and you just have to have the equipment. And I think it's brilliant. I really do. Um, I, there's so many applications for a chair like this. I'm, I'm definitely um, going to, to get one because, you know, I do sit a lot. There's no question I sit a lot. Um, if people wanted to find out more about you and, and you know, maybe even if, you know, here in Canada, if some schools are interested in, in seeing what your your product is and, you know, maybe a good shop class could put some of them together. Um, well, that was our hope was that, you know, because CNC routers, the computer numeric controlled it's basically a cookie cutter for plywood, so you can just stamp out as many chairs as you want. Like, like a tool um, and die sort of idea? Right, but it, but it uses plywood, which is like really cheap and really strong. Um, so, um, so anyway, to, to, to find our project, we, we have, we have two, a couple of websites. One for the plywood chairs with the design that we give away, which, which we call button chairs. The double entendre is intended, but on chairs, U-T-T-O-N-C-H-A-I-R-S dot uh, dot, dot org because mm-hmm. it's it's just a, a project where we give stuff away so buttonchairs.org and we also have another website for our for where we uh, make and distribute uh, chairs for adults uh, which is qor360.com like core qor360.com okay um we um you know we've 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 sold about four thousand of these things and people um 
And we say, if you don't like it, send it back. We'll give your money back. And only about 5% have come back, which I find extremely encouraging because it proves that people are willing to eat kale. You know, our chairs are a little more work, but they're immensely good for people. And people are willing to, to take on that, um, that challenge and that responsibility for their health, posture, and really um, just all around better um, spinal health. Well, have you ever had back pain? I, I've had uh, one bout of it, and it's it's debilitating. No, I I had back pains. I was coming back from a cross country flight with a nine month old on my lap, trapped in a in a chair in an airplane for seven or eight hours. And when I got up, I my back hurt so much I could not walk. I had mm-hmm. to crawl off of the airplane. And the security showed up with guns. You know, I was acting so weird that, you know, a, a nice associate professor at the university was, it couldn't be tried. It, no, it, it can be a problem. I've had people sobbing over the phone, begging for us to like, you know, send them a chair overnight because, uh, no, it, it can be really bad. It, it can be. But, it, the it, thing is, but the thing is, if you take a, if you put some, run somebody through a CT scanner, there's nothing to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. It's just, as we say, functional. Well, yeah. And then, you know, not to carry this on too long, but the pain can can go to different areas where you wouldn't even assume that it's back pain. You can have a shoulder pain that, that stems from a back pain. And it makes it very difficult for people to, to figure out what needs to be treated. Also, also neck pain, right? When people are sitting slumped and their heads are forward, suddenly their, their muscles in the back of their neck have to hold up this 13-pound bowling ball that's trying to fall into their lap. That's not normal. Your head is supposed to be balanced on top of the first cervical vertebra, the atlas, so that it's essentially weightless. But when people slump, you know, suddenly they're using all of their neck muscles in a way they're not intended. And you may get away with it for a week or a month or a decade, but uh, it catches up with people. And, and we find that when we put people on an active chair, not only does their spine figure out where it belongs, their head figures out where it belongs, mm-hmm. and everything gets better. Fascinating. Um, I certainly learned quite a lot. I want to thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Well, my wife thanks you for letting me get this out of my system because maybe at dinner tonight we can talk about something else for a change. Oh, no, you have to talk about how good the interview was. (laughs) 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 Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking the time. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.